The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Now, it's time for a trip down on the farm. Let's check in on reports from around the Oakland A's minor league affiliates. podcast. I'm your host, athleticsfarm.com editor-in-chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with outfielder Sky Bolt. He was drafted by the A's in the fourth round back in 2015, and he finally got the chance to make his big league debut with the A's in 2019. We're going to talk with him about that today and find out a little more about his whole journey to the big leagues as well. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Sky. Bill, thanks for having me. So uh, it's been a couple months now since the season's been over. So uh, how have you been uh, spending your time this off season so far? Oh, the off season's a time to, to to relax, to get around family, debrief, get your body rested, and uh, really enjoy uh, the small everyday details that you uh, otherwise don't don't get to soak in throughout the, the hustle and bustle of the season. So I've been back home in Georgia, uh, with my family here in Woodstock, and. It's been uh, it's been relaxed. It's been hanging out with my pups, uh, getting out in the woods. I'm a big hunter. Uh, actually, just crawled out of the woods. <laughs> uh, speaking of, just crawled out. So, um, you know, it's been a lot of time with my pups and time out in the woods, just uh, relaxing. Well, uh, it's it's good to get a little of that downtime because uh, God knows during the season there's not a whole lot of it. So. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> now, like I mentioned, you had the chance to make your major league debut this uh, this past season with the A's, which is great. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, I wanted to go back to, to the beginning. Uh, I remember when the A's drafted you in the fourth round uh, back in 2015. Uh, it was the same year the A's drafted Seth Brown, who also had the chance to make his big league debut last season. And I know you guys have, have played together a lot in the minor league, so it must have been kind of cool for, for both of you to get the chance to make your minor league debut or major league debuts this year. Oh, of course, yeah. Seth and I were, uh, when we were first drafted and shipped out to Arizona, uh, he and I were first roommates together. So I uh, went up and checked into my hotel room, and there was Seth Brown, and, and that began the uh, – the, the tenor of a long friendship that's become into a brotherhood and, and getting to watch each other grow throughout the professional ranks. So um, Seth had an incredible year. He's an incredible ball player. Uh, I've always thought that of him. Um, have always wanted a little bit more for him and was glad to see him finally get that opportunity this year and, and do what he did with it because uh, top, top down, I think everybody in the organization knew that he was capable of producing the kind of results that he did this season. So, uh, you know, not too often do you get to 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 go through the process and and to arrive uh, at your goal with with somebody. And uh, I, I can't speak bounds enough about Seth Brown. All right, so going back to the very beginning, though, in 2015, when you found out you were first drafted by the A's in the fourth round that year. What was your reaction? What were your thoughts? Did you know much about the A's? Did you know much about the team, about the organization at that point? No, no, that's a great point. It's it's one of those things that you hear time and time again um, about, you know, an unsuspecting team uh, being the one that, that picks you up and drafts you. So uh, I was, you know, Oakland was not on the radar. It was one of those teams that uh, that I hadn't 
uh, I guess, categorized as a, as a top interest as far as on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, like anything else, that experience is one that I'll never forget. Uh, you know, my family and I were first and foremost both ecstatic, um, and it's something I'll never forget. And so I remember getting that phone call, and then from then on it was doing a little bit of homework on ownership and, and, and coaching staff and top-down. Uh, so that that I might be able to mind my p's and q's, so to speak. But um, no, it was it was, it was good. I I, I kind of wanted to get away from from Georgia a little bit. You know, I've been in school at the University of North Carolina, enjoyed my tenure there, and uh, the West Coast something I was looking forward to, and and getting out to uh, playing ball somewhere that was uh, you know a little different location on the map versus the Southeast. Yeah, well, you you spent a few years working your way up through all the stops in the A's minor league system, so you definitely <laughs> got around. I know you, you started out in Vermont there in 2015, then you were in Beloit in 16, and Stockton in 17, and then in 2018, you got the chance to make your double-A debut at Midland, and a lot of times that, that step up to double-A can be a, a challenging one for some guys, and unfortunately, you got off to a bit of a rough start there that year. And within just a few weeks, you found yourself being sent back down to Stockton in the Cal League. I imagine yep. you know, that must have been kind of rough for you. But how did you feel about, you know, encountering that kind of situation at that point in your career? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's kind of a cliche as the years go on and you hear stories of, of guys setbacks being their biggest blessings. But I mean, it, there's a reason why people talk about it and why it's a, a story time and time again and it truly was it was a it was a, a kind of a reset button it was an opportunity for me to remove myself from the game and to kind of take a little bit of pressure off myself and reevaluate um things that i'd placed higher importance upon uh throughout my game and my play were now menial in in terms of what i found important in, in my life <laughs> really, and, and, and what I found in joy of the game. So uh, Keith Lippman, you know, he just won an incredible honor, and I can't speak volumes enough about his his blessings and opportunities that he gave to me. And, um, you know, he, he's a mastermind. He's a genius, and this was one of them where I truly believe that it was for the best. Um, obviously, results and outcome-wise, it was for the best. Um, however, it, it, it was a you know, six week period, um, that, that I truly found what it was that, that I missed or loved about the game and was able to work mechanics and tweak my game without fear of results. And, um, you know, I, I made some, some big adjustments, both mentally with approach, uh, and a few mechanical ones that, um, pretty much just simplified the game for me. Uh, and, and that was the name of, of that little chapter, I guess, of my pro career was dumbing down the game, making it as simple as possible and, and trusting the talent that you have within whatever level of talent that is uh, so that you can optimize it. So uh, that period was and, and will be and will continue to be the highlight in, in my career uh, for me as far as development, you know, where I learned the most how to how to pick my own self up and how to not wallow down in the lows and how to ride the highs as even keel as possible. 
Yeah, I mean, it seemed like, uh, you know, your your career was heading in one direction, then you had to take that step back, they send you back down. And, and rather than it being a bad experience, it seemed like it really was a, a big turning point in your career. And I guess even though you had that setback after you battled through it, it, it sounds like you came through it really with more confidence and and a better mental attitude and, and, and approach after all was said and done. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some guys don't don't have to go through that step, and I wish nobody does. And, and you know, nobody did have to go through that process. But having been through it, um, uh, I think if you were to ask anybody, they'd much rather have the answers that they have afterwards um, than than the possibility of of running into such a roadblock later down the road without being prepared. So, again, not something that uh, anybody wants to go through, or that that is the clean cut route or suggested, but it's definitely something that, you know, like any event in life, once you've been through it, you're, you're a little bit stronger because of it. Right. Well, when you went back down there to Stockton for those couple of months, you really did end up hitting really well there. I think you hit as well as you had in your career to that point. And they called you back up to Midland after a couple of months in Stockton. And then you really ended up finishing the season strong there in double A after your second time there. How did things seem different to you your second time around in Midland after going through all that? Yeah, sure. It was, um, you know, there there was a little wave of confidence that, that I was coming off of on my success down in, in A-ball. So I'm certainly going to give credit to that a little bit. But the majority of it was just the realization uh, of having been down there and, and, and wanting to propel my career forward is that the ball game is the same ball game that I played down there. It's the same one that I played in college the same one I played in high school and um, that's something you hear time and time again but you know it it is what it is and um, I've made some mechanical adjustments but uh, the majority of it was just trusting in myself being aggressive and you know at that point I knew in my career that it was something that if I didn't sell out you know to to who I am as a player and, and what it was that I wanted to bring from Stockton to Midland and, and sell out on that wave, then, you know, there's a very good chance that, that you know, that the end of, of my career was coming. So, um, you know, it was kind of do or die or adjust or get left behind. And so, uh, unfortunately, it took, I guess, that pressure or that situation to, to drive that into my head. But, again, thank God for it. But, um, you know, uh, uh, accepting who it was as I uh, – who I am as, as a player – and uh, just letting that play, and uh, you know, that's that's where it brought me. Yeah, I mean, you know, as we said, sometimes it takes a setback to wake you up, but there's nothing like looking at at what could potentially be the end of your career to to really open your eyes, right? <laughs> sure, sure. You know, you could you could point to you know one of three or four different mechanical changes, and and try and put in you know added importance upon those, but the reality of it is, is when your back's against the wall. Uh, what are you going to do? So, <laughs> Well, after finishing strong there that year in uh, AA in 2018, you had the chance to make your AAA debut with uh, Las Vegas this past season in 2019. So how excited were you to get that opportunity and to start play for the A's new affiliate there in Las Vegas this past season? Oh, my goodness. I remember, you know, breaking camp and and heading out to Vegas and our manager, Fran Reardon, you know, giving the opening talks and, and, and corralling the guys to get us ready for the season. And one of his, one of his talks talking 
uh, about how close you were at the big leagues. You know, you're you're an injury, you're a call up, and you're you're playing your game away for uh, a period of time with your head down away from getting that call that every every kid dreams of. And if you'd have told me that I'd been in that situation there in Las Vegas at a brand new multi 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 million dollar facility. <laughs> Um, after being in Stockton the year before, trying to figure out where to hold my damn hands, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would have told you you're a liar. So um, it was it was more of in that moment just kind of rewinding the script back to the, what I felt when I came up from from A ball back up to to Double A, <clears throat> and just enjoying the game. You know, I'm here. I'm in Triple A. I'm, you know past where a lot of guys make it is this what I expect out of myself of course not I expect the most and I know what I'm capable of but in this moment right now I'm in triple a and um, go play ball and you know that's what I did well triple a is a very high level of competition you got a lot of uh, former major leaguers down there as well but you got off to a great start your first uh, month or so there in Vegas I mean you were really hitting incredibly well. So what do you think accounted for that hot start you got off to in 2019 at Vegas? Well, I mean, once I had the time to, to catch my breath and breathe after the fall league and, and uh, a long season in A and double A ball. So after that whole kind of emotional season, um, being able to just get back into the cage and implement what it was that I found most important. Um, and so, you know, Getting into the cage was was the easy part after the season I went through, and I made some adjustments. Um, really stayed true and consistent with what I was trying to implement mechanically with a couple things, and uh, you know I was stronger and I was I was ready to rock, and I came out strong, and you know never questioned it. I remember I wrote down a couple of times what it was that that was giving me the success at the time, things that I was doing right, and um, you know. Just ride that wave, ride that wave of positive thinking, positive thoughts, and what it is that that got me here. So that was pretty much the, the status quo and the MO of the beginning of the 2019 season in Vegas. Yeah, well, it sounds like being able to come into the season with that confidence that you'd built up over 2018 and the things you had to overcome there really helped out. But, you know, the pitching in AAA can be tricky for a lot of guys. Because, you know, you've got a lot of former major leaguers there. You've got a lot of guys throwing a lot of funky off-speed stuff that, you know, you've, you've maybe never seen before. What did you think of the, the pitching you had to face in AAA when you got there? To be honest with you, Bill, I was I was much, you know, after after seeing, you know, a week or two's worth of, of pitching and seeing five, six different clubs, uh, for me, I, I was I was appreciative of Triple A clubs and their <laughs> and their staffs because uh, kind of the status quo around you know minor league baseball is that you have a ton of ton of talent and potential in Double A, uh, a lot more velocity, a lot more um, what ifs and wow this guy could be in Double A, which kind of makes it a little more difficult. It'd be the same as say taking your top premier college arms uh, straight into the short season back in Vermont where you're getting tremendous talent. Uh, it's unrefined. And sometimes like my Phoenix, uh, these pitchers, once they get to triple A have to come off the zone pedal a little bit, uh, refine their, their stuff and, and work towards the zone a little bit more, but sacrificing 
uh, you know, a little more of that velocity or a little more of that zip or what have you. So to be honest, you know, that, that confidence that the pitcher was going to be near the zone, regardless of his stuff, um, truly does play to the benefit of, of the hitter knowing that I'm going to get something uh, more times than not uh, to hit. Now, again, the stuff's better. The pitchers are better. So it's up to you what you do with your one pitch at bat and that at bat. But, um, I mean, I think I speak for the half of the uh, majority of the position players, guys that go up to the plate with a stick in their hands. Uh, when I say the AAA was a little bit more comfortable, I think is the appropriate word. Uh, of an at bat, so. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think you mentioned something that I think Eric Burns had said to me many years ago when he f- first got to AAA in Sacramento. And he said something along the lines of, "It's a relief to be facing pitchers who are actually throwing in the zone." You know, I I, I have some idea, you know, where the ball is going to be with these guys, anyway. Sure, you know, it, you know, there's great stuff. That's not to take away from what's down there, but there's a reason they're there, and there's a reason to see you know, multiple 98 to 100 plus arms that, that, that you know, are, are there and they're in double A for a reason. So much more comfortable. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So what about the hitting environment there in Vegas? You know, it's the high desert, which is usually a good environment for hitters. And, and the ball certainly seems to, to sail out of that park there very easily. What did you feel about the overall hitting environment there in the park in Vegas in the desert? Yeah, you hit it on the head, Bill. I mean, that that was the uh, – I think for the first time in my life, I, I knew that I had, uh, I guess, a gust of wind, so to speak, behind me or a, <laughs> a, a larger margin for error at the dish, whereas I've always been a defensive-oriented outfielder. And I think playing the outfield in Vegas was, was harder than hitting there. <laughs> um, the ball travels, like you said, the high desert, dry air, it definitely played a factor, and, and the ball carried, so – um, confidence, 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 confidence. I think that was uh, something that you see across the Pacific Coast League in hitters. And, um, you know, while there's kind of the tit for tat or the give and take as far as what you're going to get in different ballparks along the East Coast, uh, once you make that next step, I don't think hitters care because they'd rather have that confidence in knowing what, what they can do and, and seeing the results because – you know, whether you like it or not, results do, you know, influence to a degree a level of confidence. So um, the ballpark itself is incredible. I mean, what they've done with the place is, you know, it, it's, a ba- it's a major league stadium is what it is, minus right. a couple thousand seats. So um, can't speak highly enough for that place. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Seth Brown told me something similar in terms of it's. it was nice to know that when you put a, a good swing on the ball, it, it was going to fly, unlike Midland, you know. Oh, uh, sure, sure. So, yeah, it was a left-handed nightmare down in Midland. <laughs> yeah, it definitely could be a little tricky for a lot of guys down there. Now, after getting off to that good start in Vegas there and, and oh, showing that confidence, uh, you got called up to, to the big leagues in May. The A's needed an outfielder. They decided to give you the call. So how did you find out that, that you were getting called up to make your major league debut? Yeah, Fran Reardon, uh, you know, our manager, AAA manager. Um, we were in Reno, Nevada, and we were playing the Diamondbacks affiliate. And uh, we were on the road, so we are in Reno, and it's about the second or third inning. We just, uh, we just finished our at-bats. So it was a you know, bottom of the third, it might have been the fourth inning, and 
uh, friends, coaching third base, and flying across the, the infield as we were on the first base dugout side. And he stopped me at the front step of the, the dugout, which was kind of odd. I'd never seen Fran run that fast in my life. <laughs> um, so I had my gloves and I was getting ready to go out to the outfield, and he stopped me at the, the top step. And I'd lost, or not lost, but I'd left my BP top. You know, everybody wears a practice BP top before taking mm-hmm. batting practice before the game. And he'd already given me grief about, I think it was two days before. So why at this moment in the middle of the third inning that he was giving me grief about this BP top, I didn't know. But uh, as the story goes, he stopped me and said, son, where you're going, you don't have to pack your clothes. They'll pack it all for you. So you can't forget your BP top. You're going to Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, I looked around and I was in disbelief. I gave him a jab in the chest. I was like, you're playing, yada, 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 yada. And uh, I think it was the most serious I've ever seen Fran's face. And by that time, I think my defensive replacement had stopped by to see my reaction and a couple of other players that trickled down to the end of the dugout. So it was uh, it was a thrill moment and something I'll never forget. So when when you got up there that first game with the A's in Pittsburgh, walking into the park and everything, what was that first major league experience like for you just arriving at the park having that jersey knowing you were part of the big league team probably something you dreamed about your whole life it it must have been kind of surreal for you that day oh absolutely from you know my my, my father's from pittsburgh and um the clemente bridge being there in the background well, first off i pulled up to the hotel um you know i got dropped off and a couple of teammates you know kd and matt chapman and uh, Bassett was down in the lobby with his wife and, and you know, I got a couple of congrats, a couple of hugs and uh, passed some guys on the way up to my room and they, you know, they were asking me if they wanted to go to dinner. So, you know, I said, sure, I'd love to go to dinner, put my stuff up, went out to dinner with a couple of the guys and uh, I'm sitting there at dinner, you know, with guys that I've spent spring training with, you know, dreaming of being in the, you know, real clubhouse with in the midst of the season and, and here I was having a nice steak dinner and uh, I just had to take a couple minutes to step back and and uh, realize where I was and, and give thanks to uh, my folks and everybody for, for the opportunity that I was at. I hadn't even been to the stadium yet, so uh, <laughs> that was that was really of it. And then uh, the next day, game day, walking over the Clemente Bridge. Um, excuse me, I drove over the first day. The next day, I walked over and uh, my dad. I'd mentioned earlier, he's from Pittsburgh, and that's where he was born. Uh, remember, you know, games with his grandmother going to up across the bridge and this, that, and the other. So it was uh, it was a surreal moment. It was full circle. I could do nothing but look up and smile and give thanks. Yeah, I know your family was able to make it there for that, so that must have been great, obviously. Did Bob Melvin or anyone uh, anyone on the team have any advice for you there the first day in the in the clubhouse before the games got started? Sure, yeah. You know, the first thing we do is we walk into Bob's office and, and shake his hand and say, it's a pleasure to be here, it's where you want to be, and, and how can I help? And, you know, I think any any manager realizes when it's a guy's first time that uh, how fast things are happening for him. So uh, I shook Bob's hand and said, Bob, good to be here. And he said, congratulations. And he shook my hand and said, we're glad to have you. Uh, we knew it was coming. It's just a matter of when you wanted to make it happen. And, uh looking forward to using you and, and you helping out this ball club. And the other thing you told me was just take it slow, take it in. And then uh, once today's over with, it's business as usual. 
Yeah, so uh, I, I know you ended up going up and down between Oakland and Las Vegas a few times over the year. Um, I think you ended up getting into to five games over the course of the season. But from what you got to see of major league pitching, either it, from the batter's box or from the dugout, what did you think about the, the level of pitching you were seeing there in the majors as opposed to what you'd been uh, used to seeing in the minors? Yeah, you know, um, to be honest with you, I don't know that the sample size uh, really can can tell you anything. For me, it was you know the same game, and that's how I approached it. And <laughs> that's for damn sure what I was telling myself in the batter's box in Pittsburgh <laughs> when I'm looking at the bridges in the city in the background. Um, you know, it's the same game, and and you know up there, it's just pretty much just eliminating you know, everything that's going on around you. And it's kind of you know to be honest, that there's a little bit of that in Vegas. Once you first got to Vegas, brand new stadium, you know they packed the house. There's 15 plus thousand there, um, and then you know you play a couple of games there, and you get used to the surroundings. And so, uh, of course, those first at bats were you know, nerve wracking. I think they are for everybody and it's not there a lot of but um once you got those out of the way, I remember um I remember Bell hit me a, a fly ball to center field. Uh that was a mile high. You know, I backpedaled, got underneath it, chopped my feet a little bit, steadied it, talked myself down, caught the ball and ran in. I said that's the same color ball I tested any other level in any other age of my life. And, and I remember that as a defining moment. Um, as to when I was able to calm myself down both at the plate and the field and kind of develop a little bit of a mechanism for, for chilling the nerves and being able to, to streamline and steady the game to the same one that I've been playing my whole life. Right, yeah, just like catching any other fly ball just on a much bigger stage, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then uh, the hitting part of it never gets easier. You know, it's the old <laughs> adage that the minute you think you've got to figure it out is when you're when you're in trouble. So uh, <laughs> trying to keep that mentality and that attitude as I, as I went into each and every event, you know, I, uh, I, I, I did well when I enjoyed it. So I'm uh, <laughs> looking forward to getting back to that stage. Yeah. Once you've got it figured out, that means that's probably when they've got you figured out too. So <laughs> that's exactly right. That, that false sense of confidence. <laughs> One good thing is I know you came up again at the very end of the season after spending most of the summer in Vegas and, you had the opportunity to come up at the very end of the season while the team was pushing towards the postseason. So what was it like for you to be around a club that was heading into the postseason, to have that experience, and, and to be in that sort of environment? Oh, man, simply put, I mean, I think that was the most fun I've had playing baseball. And again, I didn't play a whole lot, but the, the most fun I've had on a team as far as atmosphere, the clubhouse, pregame, on the field, during the game that I've had since, uh, I'd say back to, to my college days, early college days, when we were pushing for a trip to Omaha. Um, and it, it just the team, it's such a young clubhouse. There's so many personalities in that clubhouse. Um, they're a younger clubhouse. Uh, everybody gets along. There's no real division. Everybody's together. Everybody's pulling for one another. Um, guys know their roles, which, you know, in, in some clubhouses can be, um, uh, friction between two sides of the guys on the field and the guys wanting to be on the field, but there's none of that in that clubhouse. You know, sure, everybody you know has a desire and wants to contribute every day, and, and and that should be the case. There should be competition within the clubhouse, but 
it shouldn't take away from everybody pulling for one another. And, and that's all that happens in their clubhouse. That's why uh, they've, they've continued to win 97 games each of the past two seasons is some of this younger talent has, has really grown and, and established themselves as premier players in the league. And that's what Bob, you know, cultivates up there. And, and that's what the A's farm system, starting with Keith Lipman and, and everybody else really produces. And it's, uh, you know, it's a blessing. You know, you get asked the question, would you rather be in any other organization? Or are you happy where you're at? And the answer is the grass isn't always greener. And if you, really truly soak in where you're at i mean i I couldn't ask for a better organization that's uh, both done what it's done to produce guys up there uh, what it's done for me the opportunity that's given me and so uh, up there it was just that whole playoff push that's what you dream of doing you know you you dream of playing in the big leagues and i want to be on a winning team i want to be on a team that's pulling for one another and a competitive one so you know I, i got very, very lucky, very, very blessed this year. And uh, it turns out I was blessed in 15 when I got drafted. <laughs> well, after having that whole experience and getting the chance to finally make your major league debut in 2019, now that you have a chance to sit back and reflect on this past year that has happened for you and everything that you've experienced, what are your thoughts about this whole past year of 2019 now that you get a chance to kind of reflect? Sure. I think 2019 is as far as it's logged in my mind and my family's brain and, and the, the history of the Bolts for, for 2019 is that, um, you know, you, you take adversities and, and you make them work for you. And, and that's what I've, I've done and I'm going to continue to do. But 2019 was kind of a fruitful year of, of, of labor, of labor rather and setbacks, um, you know, from 15 through 18. And um, it was the culmination of, of hard work. First and foremost, it was a culmination of uh, many chances given to me and, and trust and faith in, in who I am as a player and what I could contribute. Um, and, you know, it, it, it happens. You don't know when it's going to happen in your life, but um, I think that 2019 was the start of new growth for me as a person, as a player, and uh, as a teammate for most of my guys, many of my guys. Well, now that we're just about to head into the the next year here, you're you're on the 40-man roster now. You'll be in the big league camp in spring training. You've got a lot to look forward to. What's your what's your mindset like now, looking forward to next year and next season? Sure, yeah, I think I think it'd be anybody's anybody's goal and anybody's ambition. Um, and for me, that's to, to contribute more next year. Uh, whatever that role is, you know, I certainly see myself as an everyday player, uh, whether I'm there yet or not. Um, you have to think that you are there, and I know that, that I can do that. So, um, you know, I want to be an everyday player, but that means that it's going to start off with being a role player, and I'm going to continue to do that and be a better role player this year than I was this past year, and that starts with spring training. So going into my second big league spring, it's going to be a little less uh, overwhelming. It's going to be a little more refined in my work. It's going to be a little more liberating as far as the ins and outs of every day. Once you show up at the yard at 6 a.m. Um, and you know, getting to work and, and not having to to feel like you're stepping on toes, or you know, while still being respectful of the guys that are there and that have done great things before you. So, um, simply put, my goal is to to contribute and be a bigger factor uh, in, in the ball club. 
Great. Well, hopefully you'll you'll get plenty of opportunities to do that again this coming season. It was great having the opportunity to see you make your major league debut this past season. And it was good talking with you today and getting your perspective on that experience as well. So we certainly wish you the best of luck with everything going forward. And thanks so much for taking the time out to chat with us today, Sky. Certainly. Thank you for having me, Bill. I appreciate it. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. We'll see you again out on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 